Welcome back, Red Spotters, and the show in the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host today, Alexis J. Soto, joined by my very good friend, Mr. David Francisco, once again with another recap for WandaVision, the Marvel Studios show currently streaming on Disney Plus every single Friday. And of course, this is the third installment of our recap series. The last two episodes that we did covered episodes one, two, and three. And today we'll be talking about episode four titled, We Interrupt This Program. I believe that's what it was called. But Mm. yeah. Great title. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It pretty much tells you what this is going to be. Mm. Um, You know, in keeping with everything. So I think the titles are, you know, so much with all of the other aesthetic of the show, uh, just adding to the fun of all of this. On Red Spotlight number 295. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, we'll give our initial impressions first, and then we're going to go ahead and uh, I think we'll we'll try and cover the episode uh, as it happened. And we'll get to the big moments, the smaller moments, and everything of that sort. So in episode four... This is basically the catch-up episode where they really do take their time to, you know, alert the audience uh, of what's kind of really going on here. So it barely features Wanda and Vision, and we get some returning MCU players to, in an attempt to put the pieces together. That's about as non-spoilery as I can describe to it. Of course, we will get into spoilers, but before we get into that, we're going to start with initial impressions. My initial impressions are that this was far and away my least favorite episode of the four, which I think might be a controversial take depending on uh, where else you, uh, you know, consume media of this sort. Uh, but if you've been listening to my reasons for why I love this show, I think it's pretty kind of obvious to see why I feel the way that I do. But that being said, I do feel the episode was pretty great in terms of what it did, in terms of how it was handled, in terms of uh, the direction and the absolute funness of it. I ate it up. I had a lot of fun. I'm sure a lot of people were going crazy over it. (laughs) Um, And yeah, overall, pretty solid episode. I think perhaps because it doesn't feature the sitcom format, which I guess that's a little bit of a spoiler, but yeah, this is the first one to not feature the sitcom format um, that to me makes it somewhat less rewatchable than the others, um, but still pretty good. So those are my thoughts. David, how do you feel about episode four? Um, I really loved it. Um... Actually, you just mentioned um, that it's you don't think it would be rewatchable. It kind of makes sense just because, like, uh, that episode only gives you answers of like weird moments in the show. It doesn't really answer you anything plot wise, and so you can actually just like once you've seen this, you can skip over on we on rewatches. Like, you just keep going with the comedy because then now you know, like, okay, this is because of this and that and that and all that. Although there's one little moment, though, in the beginning 
that you do probably have to <laughs> well whatever nah never mind anyway um but yeah <laughs> I, I did love this episode it was super funny i i like the answers that we were given and all that um i'm mostly excited for monica rambeau yeah uh they really set her up for i think something big for the show yeah I think you're right about that. In fact, I think perhaps that may be um, what ultimately would really uh, make this episode so important to, mm-hmm. you know, the, not only the plot going forward, but for the, you know, setting up her character. I think it does an amazing job of getting us to um, get a feel for who she is. But the, it also sets up an interesting commonality uh between her and wanda which mm-hmm. we'll get into momentarily uh with the spoilers but no i think uh she was great i think they had a great actress um to encapture monica this is the first time we're really kind of get, getting to know her we we saw her previously in the captain marvel movie she was the daughter of maria rambeau and yeah yeah should we just get into it yeah all right. Well, um, I, uh, <laughs> okay. So the episode starts and immediately it is kind you're, you're being hit in the face with like so many different emotions. Um, I like, I'm sure the rest of the world were really caught off guard. Although, in retrospect, perhaps we shouldn't have been because the Marvel does do stuff like this quite often. But we just didn't expect to see the events of the blip uh, mm-hmm. in WandaVision at all. Because obviously this takes place after that happened and we've already kind of covered that. So we weren't expecting to see that necessarily happen. Um, so it starts off with a bang. It really kind of like kicks you off your seat because you're just not seeing it coming. And also, it was so well done. Just the the drama, you know, the the just the emotion behind it because we're we see literally uh, Monica come back, you know, blipping back if you uh, want to put it that way where she was in the hospital and it's revealed through her sequence of, you know, stumbling along the way as many other people are blipping back or deep blipping, however you want to say it. Um, it's really confusing because first it was called the snap, then it was called the blip, but I thought the snap was the snap and I thought the blip was when they came back. So I'm, I'm a little confused as to the terminology. I think, did they ever call it the snap? I feel like they called it something else. They probably never did call it the snap in the movies. I think pop culture called it the snap. And then they probably... So I think that could be an indication that the blip is itself a name for the snap. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I could... I I thought they called it, like, the event or the something. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to be... In the Marvel Netflix shows, they called the attack of New York the incident. Really? Huh. Yeah. I remember that. I thought they just called it Battle New York. <laughs> no, no, they didn't do that. Well, that's weird. That seems like an obvious... <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't like that they use it like the snap, the blip. It's like, oh, he got blipped or something. That sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not crazy about it either. But you know, I guess to me, I'm I'm just a little confused about what it really all means, which is mm-hmm. which. But uh, we see the scene in the hospital. People are coming back, and then Monica's looking for you know, information about what happened to her mom. So we learned that she had just gone out of a procedure. She bumps into the doctor that was operating on her. And then she gives her really tragic news and that her mom had long since passed away for several years now. And that in the time that Monica had disappeared, Maria's cancer came back and inevitably claimed her life. Mm. And that's just a man that's that's really sad yeah that actually kind of like that just made me feel just sad like honestly that really sucks mm-hmm. no yeah just uh, i mean i like that detail that she said that oh it's like oh i think i just dozed off for like 20 minutes it just because uh, the same thing that was the same thing peter said in the movie it's like Oh, I guess I just must have dozed off or something. I don't know. But Doctor Strange says I've been gone for five years. It's I just I think it's just funny that they both had the same mentality of like, oh, did I sleep or something or what the heck right. did I miss? But yeah, it is. Well, and also what I like though about this piece of information is that I immediately got like, oh, she's gonna help out uh, Wanda. Wanda, like yes. she's gonna tell her like, hey, in an instant or in the snap, whatever. Uh, like my life pretty much changed you know Mm -hmm. like I mean it's still a weird thing for me though too just because her and Wanda's situations are still for me at least far fucking different (laughs) they are far fucking different let's be real yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but I I mean either way though like I think Monica will be able to connect with Wanda in some way yeah, yeah, considering how much they've already interacted and that this was basically Monica's episode, I feel like they really are setting Monica up to help Wanda go through what she's going through because we have to really remind ourselves, like, in case... Because we've said, even in the first um, recap episode, that while it was very entertaining and joyous at times, underneath it all... This is very sad. Mm-hmm. I think this episode kind of took that up a couple notches from sad to disturbed <laughs> in several instances. And we'll get to the real disturbed moments uh, toward the end of the episode. But for here, I think you're right, David, because I've also seen others talk about this where Monica is um, immediately also someone else that suffered a great loss because of the events that happened all because of Thanos pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so um, hopefully we'll get to see a moment where perhaps she can connect with Wanda and maybe help her snap out of again, if she even is in a trance or if she, if she placed herself in a trance, I mean, Wanda, or if she, um, made a deal with somebody else. We'll get into some theories toward the end of the episode about what really is going on here. But um, it's, there's still the curtain hasn't been pulled back really that much at all 
you know, the episode's being framed as like, oh, now we're getting the answers. I don't know. If, I don't want to be mean by putting anybody down, but like, I don't think really from a concrete, you know, story standpoint, we really were given anything that we didn't already suspect on some level for the most mm. part. Perhaps the closing moments of the episode, they did throw some tidbits at us that um, I think made the story that much more sad. <laughs> um but yeah, but but in the case of Monica, that was just a great way to get us into it. And um, they also took time to really explore um, more of uh, her career. So they really do establish S.W.O.R.D. here, the sentient weapon observation, blah, 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 whatever it was called. Uh, they show us a quick look at the the S.W.O.R.D. base and, you know, she meets the acting director um Hayward I believe his name is and they have a conversation that uh you know just catches us up about like what is this really and we learn that Maria Monica's mom we first met in Captain Marvel was the founder of Sword and the director of Sword and I feel like for both you and I who are fans uh about you know the larger can of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, from that discussion topic, it it does I think pique our interest a little bit because I think we all just assumed that Sword, because that's all we kind of knew of it at the end of Far From Home, was Nick Fury's operation. Mm-hmm. Like I guess we just assumed that the Sword people would be out in space and that would be like Fury's new shield. But based on just like the impressions that I'm getting off of it, and you tell me if you feel anything different, but it seems like Sword's been around for quite some time and it has nothing to do with Shield. Um Uh I don't know. I mean I always saw it when I hear first heard about Sword. I always just saw it as a different faction of um Shield, basically. Um, I thought it would be the replacement. Um, no, I didn't think of it like that. I just thought I just thought of it like um, because like with the names of them, it makes sense what they would be. Shield is protecting Earth. Sword is making weapons for outside threats, mostly basically. Mm. Like that's that is how I basically saw it, and so it, I did like the bit of information that they are exp- more. In a way, more so ex- just exploring outer space mm. than trying to just be like some weapons place, I guess. Right. So, yeah. It <laughs> seems like much more of an Earth-based operation because, um, I mean, are we under the impression that Nick Fury and, and Talos and the Scrolls, and we should also, again, mention that this is all... I'm sure stuff that's going to be answered in the Secret Invasion uh, Disney Plus series that both you and I are excited about. Um, Because it it seemed like, yes, this is a space exploration program, a sentient weapon observation um, agency. Um, Do you get the impression that that last outer space uh, base that we saw Fury with a bunch of scrolls 
are we under the impression that also is sword? Uh, it could be sword because you remember shield is basically gone from this world. Mm-hmm. So Nick Fury's like free time. And since they brought up the fact that scrolls would sometimes go to earth and pretend to be Nick Fury, uh, who knows how many times that's happened. Mm-hmm. And so when he, when basically when Nick Fury lost shield, he probably just went to sword, uh, with uh maria being his boss basically and kind of doing what he's always been doing which is just mostly protecting the earth maybe gaining i can see him just basically trying to gain information on certain parts of the Mm. universe so yeah it could it still could be sword it could just be something that he created on his own uh who knows really Although I I do believe that it could be sword because remember uh, Maria, she knows about the scrolls um, and everything, so she could have they caught up they could have all been working together basically. Yeah, I guess to me the the picture is the bigger picture perhaps is just a little bit less clear than it used to be because mm-hmm. the Secret Invasion TV show, which is going to feature Nick Fury and Talos, has already been announced. However, I am still reading a lot of uh, reports that a separate Agents of Sword, a Disney Plus show, is also still being talked about. I just assume that that was Secret Invasion. So, could it? Are, is it possible that we're looking at two different shows here? One that features Monica Rambeau as a future director of Sword. Yeah, they could be. Because I mean, again, if they want to make an Agents of Sword, Agents of Sword. You want to say like, Agents of Shield, but then you—that's how <laughs> I'm you're used to at saying the posters. So. <laughs> <laughs> You want to say uh, Agents of Shield, but then like uh, you're so used to saying it that, but you, right? Like you want to say Agents of Sword, but because you're so used to saying Agents of Shield, it comes out sh instead of s. Yeah, the sound. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Agents of Sword. <laughs> That's the Peter <laughs> Martinez moment there, if there ever was one. Uh, so I think uh, their Agents of Sword show would would more likely be like shield in that it's just a crazy adventure in outer space basically and yeah they just keep keep getting into trouble basically uh because secret invasion does have to be its own contained story because it's such a uh it's such a big moment in the comic uh lore i guess and so i don't think just putting it on the some adventure show would do it justice, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And I guess on just this is and this is a little bit of a tangent and has nothing to do with the show. But, you know, just to linger a little bit on Maria. Really, like the snap happened and or the blip, I'm sorry, shit. <laughs> the blip happened and seemingly the entire universe was united by one tragic event. You'd think that would get the channels of communication to be much more open. And what I'm getting at here is, so Captain Marvel's best friend was dying of cancer and no one's invented a cure. In the utter cosmos of the universe. Hmm. This I mean, is did a, they 
this is this to, is a nitpick. It's just just one thing. I and a little bit of a of um just something I noticed because like yeah, yeah, I mean your friend's dying of cancer. Like there's nothing you can do about that. Okay. Um, hmm. I feel like I don't know something interesting could be made out of it, but that's just me. Um, uh, and we should also mention, of course, Monica is going to be a big part of uh, Captain Marvel's second movie, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever that happens. But anyway, she's strolling along through the sword facility, and then she's informed that she can't go and do um, space missions. She has to stay on the ground because of Maria's uh, protocols. And, you know, that actually it was a pretty uh, heartwarming way of, you know, blowing some bad news and that she always believed that Monica would come back. Mm. Um, so that was nice. No, yeah, that was really sweet. <laughs> yeah. And then, and this is actually one of the, the more interesting parts of of this mystery here. Because, you know, they, they, they're still asking some questions that are not really directly answered. So we see Monica travel all the way to New Jersey, to Westview. It's established immediately that, for whatever reason, the people surrounding the area don't remember Westview existing and confuse it for Eastview. There's just, there's like this um, aura of energy that is uh, swaying people to just forget that place exists for, for whatever reason, the sword agents, including Captain Rambo and then Jimmy Woo, who are there at the scene, are not affected by it. Uh, just one clever moment about that. Um, I thought it was a little bit like low-key clever, in terms of uh, kind of the really bad attitude those cops were giving Jimmy Woo and Monica Rambeau. And I couldn't be the only one to just help but notice that those cops were two, like, white males. And then you have the higher law enforcement agents be a black woman and an Asian man. Could I... Was that, was that the only just person to realize that? Because it, 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 it... Their interactions with them seemed very cold, yeah, I did find it weird that they were just kind of like, yeah, like you said, that they were very cold towards them. Like, mm-hmm. I was just kind of like, why, why are you like this? It, You know, they're literally just trying to get information off of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's not, and I didn't see uh, a FBI guy and Monica uh to like see them as dumb or anything like that. It was just kind of like, hey tell her what you told me it's like yeah this place doesn't exist that town it's like yeah <laughs> it's like <clears throat> we've literally never seen this before <laughs> yeah and so i don't know it was it was kind of weird their attitude towards them it was weird to the point where it makes me just wonder if that was a subtle intention on the part of the director or the writer for having it framed that way because it just seemed like too much of a coincidence. And also if you have the subtitles on or you could barely hear it, but as Captain Rambo arrives on the scene and then she's had her uh, pleasantries exchanged with uh, Agent Wu and as they both approach the cops, one of them can be heard. <sighs> Here we go. Okay, that that was weird. Like, what? Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that sounded a little bit ugly. Yeah, and I mean, I get, <clears throat> I understand that it's a common trope for like cops and FBI and like higher up agents to like just not get along. Yeah. But again, this situation, like, it's literally not normal. 
So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> and, I, and for me, it would make sense for the cops to kind of like, okay, yes, please get this out of our hands. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, it definitely could just be an accident. I just, I wonder perhaps if there was a small intention on the part of the creators to slyly throw in a little bit of subtle commentary there. Um, because you know mm-hmm. how cops reputation are these days. Yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know. I just, that, that, that's something that was just all around weird. You were going to say? Yeah, for sure. No, no, no I just, I, I agree with you. <laughs> um, oh, actually yeah. I just remembered. Uh, so when we first see Jimmy introduces himself, uh, to <laughs> Monica, he, <laughs> He does a, like a sleight of hand trick of like pulling out a card, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's great!" Uh, which, if you saw Ant Man the Wasp, uh, Ant Man to pass the time of his house arrest, he learned sleight of hand, just all kinds of card tricks, and I guess Jimmy Woo was just like, "I gotta learn that," and he did. You <laughs> see, great. I, as I mentioned before, or I, at least. I should have mentioned it off the top that I don't care very much for that movie to the point where I kind of don't remember that movie all that much. Mm -hmm. So when I first saw that happen, I didn't necessarily like see it as um, some little payoff to whatever came before. I just, it didn't register. But then as I was seeing other people's reactions, they were saying, they then explained that, oh, no, this was a previous thing that was established with him, or at least with uh, Paul Rudd's um, Scott Lang uh, learning the sleight of hand trick. And then, uh, yeah, Randall Park's uh, Jimmy Woo, having learned it now, um, it, it, it actually is pretty funny. And then now when I watch it, it does make me laugh because like, oh, that's, that's, that's neat. That's that's funny. Greatest um, character development. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in that moment, though, there is a couple of uh, other oddities. So, first, he says the reason he's there is because one of his uh, people in the witness protection program was gone. And then he contacted some of the, what were supposed associates of this person, only to um, kind of realize that they had no idea who this person was. So, and notice how we don't pick up back, we don't pick back up with that yet. Like he's mm-hmm. there looking for someone. He referred to them as a he, and no one's heard of this person. And it's, I don't know, it just feels like it's too important for it to just to be a random person that they've already identified, which they would have said something um, mm-hmm. as they identified people in the town. So I wonder, do you think that this person is a character of significance that will be revealed later on? I saw one uh, particular uh uh, video that theorized that perhaps the mailman that we saw in episode two that had a quick exchange with Agnes outside of Wanda's house, that that particular male individual had not been identified as we saw in that board that they were, you know, queuing up all those people. 
that that could be one of that though that could have been the person um or could it be that mephisto character that so many people uh mm. seemingly are convinced are is in this show well it's a weird thing though because like he knows who he's looking for jimmy who like he knows who he's looking for so how did he not point it out when he first sees him in the show mm-hmm. you know so like I think it's just someone that we just haven't seen yet. And it could mean that he could be of important significance because, I don't know, it, it, is, it would be a big coincidence to just be like, yeah, I was looking for someone and I ended up here or something. Um, but I don't know. We still have many episodes to go and yeah. that also means we still have many people that we haven't seen before mm-hmm. to see. If that made sense. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing is when he says to Captain Rambo, it doesn't want me to go in. Yeah, that part. (laughs) The energy field doesn't want me to go in. What do you think about that? Uh, I think it was just kind of like, since he's already dealt with like Avengers stuff with Ant-Man, I think Mm -hmm. he just kind of has like this instinct of something else going on here that... I don't like. I think I don't think he like literally went up to the town and it's like pushed him away or anything like that. I think he just has this weird feeling about it. And what I like about it though is that later I'm like I'm I'm hoping later on that he uh, and um, Darcy and Monica just like gain this connection because they both <laughs> know someone from the Avengers. <laughs> it just be like a really funny moment. She's like, yeah, when I met Thor, he's like, you know Thor? I know Ant-Man. It's like, yeah, I know <laughs> Captain Marvel. She's my aunt. <laughs> wow. That I, that I could see that happening. That that could be something that could be played for laughs quite easily. Yeah, that would um, be great. <laughs> which would be hilarious because Ant-Man is nothing compared next to Thor <laughs> and Captain Marvel. <laughs> so um that that's technically true yeah so we were saying about the energy field not wanting me to go in um but then we see monica walk toward it she slowly touches it and then she pulls back but then and help me, because it's interesting, right? Like to see how you read it and versus how I read it, because hmm. um, it could look like at that moment she was under some kind of hypnotic trance that she kept like this dead stare looking at it. But then I believe we also saw the energy field just swallow her in. How did you read that sequence? Did she uh, willingly was she like under a hypno a hypnosis or did she get swallowed up by the energy field? I think she got swallowed up by the energy field. Uh she touched like I mean she just gave it a little touch and she's just like oh that feels weird cuz again like this isn't like some it's it's not like I mean, the best comparison is Wonder Woman, uh, the first one, where, like, you know, the sol- when the soldiers go to the island and, like, one of them, like, puts his hand through the barrier, it's just sort of, like... Oh, that's right, looks- yeah. Yeah, it almost looks like he's putting his hand through water or something and he just goes through. 
uh, at least this time with this, with this one's willingly but with her though like she can see like this static uh on the barrier and like when she touches it it almost seems like electricity running through her yeah uh, I, I didn't see it as her being trans or like going into a trance it was just her kind of being like oh this is different this is kind of weird but like it's not hurting her so she just keeps going and it just sucked her in eventually <laughs> Yeah, that seems likeliest. And then, again, we're going in sequence here. We are reintroduced to Darcy, who <laughs> makes her return for the first time since 2013. Um, in our world, but in their world, I think, as you pointed out, David, 2025. Or they're in 2025, I think, right? Right? Yeah. Or, well, are they? I don't remember. I, I don't thought, know. 2024, uh, 2025. Depending yeah. on like Okay, well that that actually is a pretty good question because and I I don't know if this was assumed. I don't know if we had had an exchange about where exactly this falls in the timeline. But I think this is very obviously happening in between Endgame and Far From Home. Right? Uh yeah, I think it was confirmed that takes place before far from home because far from home if i remember correctly takes place exactly one year after endgame so that would make it in 2024 um, yeah because if it were came out in 2019 right and i'm confused <laughs> infinity war came out into came out in 2018 and is set in the year 2018 Oh shit! Really? Fuck. Yeah, because 2019 was Avengers Endgame, but that took place in the year 2023 after five years have passed. Okay, then 23. Then okay, it's, then so the Wandavision is in 2023. Then I think Wandavision picks up just a few weeks after, right? Because yeah. I think we see in the beginning of this episode that Monica goes back to work two weeks after she comes back from the blip. Mm-hmm. Uh, three weeks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> My brain is kind of hurting keeping all this in check. Okay, so she... Look, the MCU, it's weird <laughs> with the dates, okay? Remember, uh, what was it? In Homecoming. Homecoming, yes. Was, I think they said it was like eight years later or something, and they're like, wait a minute, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> or... No, but I think, like, because we know, based on, like, other reporting, that WandaVision is supposed to set up this multiverse storyline that's going to be picked up with Spider-Man and then concluded with Doctor Strange in their next film. And remember how Far From Home ended uh, with Peter Parker's identity being revealed and then we saw J. Jonah Jameson. Mm -hmm. I think there's a good... um, and I'm not sure if this is obvious to some or if they just inferred this as soon as the multiverse storylines were becoming obvious in the upcoming projects. But I think we there may be the finale of WandaVision might concur perhaps or occur at the same time as the ending of Far From Home. Because, I mean, for all we know, the multiverse could have already been unleashed at that point. Maybe mm. that's just something that I that that one of my crazy crackpot theories. Like, what if like 
we're already in the multiverse and we just didn't know it or some shit like that. And they also do say, uh, you know, courtesy to Darcy here that that energy field, uh, for the moment is in Westview, but they definitely left the door open for that to expand. Yeah. So that could be a far greater risk. Well, that's a piece of information that I found interesting was that she was reading the, the energy that, that was coming out. And she said that it was like the same radiation as that other big bang or some shit like that. I don't yeah, know. That the, was the big bang. Yeah. Yeah. And so what could happen is, you know, maybe when they break it, it just creates a crack in the, crack in the universe. So who knows? that could be that. I mean, other people have speculated that there may be some connection with the infinity stones here because the infinity stones were created because of the big bang in this universe. Mm. Something out there. Um, they also reveal that the current shape of the perimeter of Westview is a hexagon, which we've been seeing hexagons um, in the opening credit sequence of the theme songs, as well as, you know, when they closed out, I believe, some of the episodes. So that's another, I believe, potential mystery solved. So we get introduced to Darcy here. Uh, we see her for the first time in a long time. And she has progressed in life. She's now Dr. Darcy Lewis. And, you know, I was watching some podcasts talk about the show, obviously, as I usually do, because I love to hear other people's thoughts and, you know, mm-hmm. conversations. And believe me, uh, you and I have gone over a litany of really interesting reactions to this. I'm sure we'll mention that toward the end of the of, of the broadcast here. But uh, one particular uh, individual, uh, Emma Fife, who was on a podcast talking about the show. I followed her for years now. She was in the Collider space, and then she's done some other freelance stuff. But mm-hmm. she actually put out some, uh, I feel interesting commentary on just some of the subtleties that were employed through Darcy that evidently are all too familiar with women in the workplace. And because I I do not qualify as an individual under that women in the workplace title, I didn't catch these things. And I'm going to assume you didn't catch these things either. Like when uh, Darcy first stepped off the van and an immediate supervisor came out and addressed her as Miss Lewis instead of Dr. Lewis, which is evidently something that uh, women go through a lot. And, you know, they're just immediately dismissed because of their sex or gender. Her being patronized or, you know, spoken down to repeatedly. Um, like the guy is kind of like really fussy with her. Just like basically almost tells her, tells her at one point, just do your shit so we can stop talking, which is pretty like, I don't know. That was a pretty big attitude. And then Mm -hmm. some other more comedic moments where um, she keeps asking for a cup of coffee and no one (laughs) around her seems to listen to. But then also, like, Darcy is kind of the MVP here because she really is the one to figure out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And then the acting director, Mr. Hayward, was like, cool. Cool. And then just walks out. <laughs> Jimmy is like the only person that says to her, good job. <laughs> mm. Throughout the entire episode. When Darcy's yeah. kind of like the lifesaver here. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
honestly, I didn't really notice it like that. <laughs> but because like, what was what was the first one? Um, the whole mist thing. I thought it was just kind of like, uh, just a way to kind of give information about the character. It's like, oh, she's not like how much she, she's progressed. Uh, but the I didn't card. catch that either, dude. I didn't catch that either until it was pointed out. Like, oh, okay, because that's. Yeah, I mean, it could yeah. also be that too. Just people not recognizing her as a, as a doctor. Yeah, who knows? But no, yeah, that is interesting to think about. No, yeah, and so Darcy, as you mentioned, picks up on the radiation that the vortex if you will is reading off and so she asks for i'm gonna need a tv not a flat one an old one <laughs> you know it's interesting because like uh david like we're um around a quarter century years old and you know the first television sets that you and i you know uh experienced as children were boxes they were big boxes and so w- when she referred to Okay, sorry. It's just Everything okay? shit out of me. No, she just like gives me like this scared look. I'm like, what's up? And she goes, I think our neighbor's house is on fire, but she was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like apparently, she like she could hear the alarm apparently from her room, but I mean, I have both of my earphones on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just a mistake. <laughs> Who cares if it's on fire? We got a place to record anyway. I'm kidding. I, I know. Um, God, we're talking about WandaVision. We're making theories. <laughs> I know. Like, obviously, we matter more. <laughs> yeah. All right. As I was saying, yeah. So when we grew up, televisions were pretty much all boxes. And so it's just another reminder of our age and that, you know, the up and coming generation, all they've ever known are these nice flat screen televisions. Um, mm-hmm. And it also is pretty sad. I don't, I don't mean to, oh God, insult anyone who doesn't know any better. You know, ignorance is ignorance, right? You and I are ignorant of many things that we don't know of, but we just happen to because, you know, we are fans of film. And so we notice something called aspect ratio. You know, the, the show, especially in this episode, messes around with changes in aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we mentioned, I believe in previous episodes, historically speaking, televisions, because they were box shaped, the aspect ratio, which is basically the size of the image you're seeing in your box is formatted to what best suits the device. And because they were shaped like boxes, the aspect ratio of those old programs like I Love Lucy or Dick Van Dyke Show are in four by three aspect ratio. And that is why, in large part, the first three sitcom format episodes of WandaVision were in 4x3 aspect ratio. But it's hilarious because there was this viral TikTok um, screen grab that was going around of... uh, And the only people on TikTok are like teenagers, let's be real about that, or even young children. But they were like saying that... They were saying this as if it was a big revelation that... um, Oh, look that uh, the first three episodes were in an old style format instead of the normal Marvel format. <laughs> and that caused quite a stir amongst, uh, I know Peter seemed to have a pretty dumbfounded expression, just 
at a complete loss of words. I noticed some people on Twitter who were really depressed <laughs> by that reaction because the normal Marvel for what the fuck? I know. I hated that so much. Like <laughs> that makes absolutely no sense. Like Marvel format. <laughs> Is that the only movie or TV shows you've ever watched or something? Like, I don't get it. <laughs> it was weird. It was I mean, stupid. If, there are people, though, who don't watch much in, in, you know, the terms of film. And that I would assume that if they do, whatever small amount they consume... It would be something of the Disney variety. Disney has all the A-plus brands that people know, all the big franchises, and Marvel was the IT franchise for the 2010s decade, so odds mm -hmm. are, if anyone's seen a movie, they would see a Marvel movie, so as sad as that is, and I, you know, also, we have to keep in mind, these are children, these are probably young people who don't know any better, and perhaps that's all they see at that point and you know as someone who used to be a teenager as both of you have been there were points in our lives where we didn't have that extensive of a vocabulary of film so i mean i but, just find it weird though that they say marvel format I know. like you know yeah like you're right maybe that is what they grew up watching just most like just a bunch of marvel movies but like there's still Disney movies and you know, just <laughs> big franchise stuff that they probably could have watched. And, like, I just don't understand how an aspect ratio is a Marvel format. <laughs> I know. It's 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 pretty funny because, I mean, the 16 by 9 aspect ratio, which is standard widescreen, which it seems every movie employs nowadays. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that was that was pretty humorous to me. But back to the story with Darcy and her figuring out what ultimately happens is that there is a sitcom that's being broadcast through these wavelengths that she picks up. And just the realization of the cast, um, you know, the whole S.W.O.R.D. group realizing what it is that's going on is pretty hilarious. Um, about, you know, just like, is that? It looks like her. And I know it's been a couple of weird years on this planet here, but uh, he's dead, right? Like, not blip dead, but dead. You know, obviously talking about Wanda and Vision. Mm. Um, and obviously, these are some of the questions that people had from the beginning of the show. So it, it, it did come off as very meta. And I agree with uh, a previous... Uh, you and I had a discussion off air, but you had said to me that... Um, it almost felt too meta to the point where it wasn't meta uh, with a lot of the stuff that was going on, right? Because mm. they were watching the TV show like we were watching the TV show. They were looking for clues. They were looking for Easter eggs. They were, you know, putting a whole bunch of questions on the board like, is Vision alive or what are the hexagons for? Um, but I found it hilarious. So how about you? No, yeah, it was really funny and it was great. I mean, yeah, like, I said before, um, like how how else can they react to this situation? Like, <laughs> what other things could they say? That I don't know. Just 
yeah, like I said, it 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 didn't re- it even though it was meta, it didn't feel like it because these were obvious fucking questions of what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, um, it off. It, I didn't know at times if I was watching an episode of the WandaVision television show or if I was watching a video podcast of a recap episode of WandaVision <laughs> because that's often how it felt like. Um, but in the very best way possible. Um, I loved though the moments. Those are some of my favorite moments of the episode for sure. In in, in large part because Darcy and Wu made those moments happen. <laughs> uh, realistically, so. Um, when she was uh watching Wanda and Vision kiss, uh, mm. and as they they queued up that stereotypical aw like sound cue like sitcoms have she herself went exactly that way and I, I just loved how invested she was coming in like she kept saying things like why are they changing the episodes from the 50s the 60s and the 70s it can't be for my enjoyment mm. um or when she sees wanda you know give birth to the twins billy and tommy and then she gets choked up like twins what a <laughs> twist and jimmy Wu looks over to her like what i'm invested <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah i mean it, it makes sense if one of them does get invested in it i mean they're watching a show <laughs> yeah uh, remind me david um for those uh, this is kind of giving away how the sausage is made but uh, we had to do a do-over at the beginning of our recording because something fucked up did I say already in this recording about what I liked about Jimmy Woo, or was that in the last recording mm. that we abandoned? I want to say it was in the last recording. Okay. Then I'll go ahead and say it here again, because I think, I think it was the last one too, but all right. But the, you know, the funny things that, we, that, uh, this episode did was make me really enjoy the character of Jimmy Woo. And Kyle brought this up. I did a recording with him in Fantasy Fair real quick to just give some brief observations about how we're enjoying the show. And he had mentioned that he actually really, for the first time, actually liked this character because of, you know, he, he like I, do just does not care very much for Ant-Man and the Womp Womp, which is what I call Ant-Man and the Wasp. And... um I, I the moments where uh, that I think I that make me find the character likable is just how often he continue he, he misconstrues the point of a question he's asked by one of his colleagues. So like when mm-hmm. Monica asks toward the beginning of the episode, right, about like what's uh, so what's with you? She's really asking how do you remember the difference between Westview and Eastview. And then he, but what he thinks is she's asking about what's your story. Mm-hmm. And then he starts delving into his life story about like, well, other boys had a poster of Michael Jordan on their wall and something like that. It was, and then of course she reveals, no, that's, that's not what I was asking. Um, and then the same thing happens again with Darcy where they're watching Wanda give birth. And then, uh, uh, what happened? Uh, I think Darcy asks Jimmy, do you want any? And to be fair, 
I thought she was legit asking in that moment, did you want kids? And so he yeah. starts he starts going off on like, well, yeah, I imagined a little Jimmy Woo and here and there. And then Darcy looks at him to clarify as she's lifting a bag of chips up in the air to to mean, of course, that she asked if she if he uh, would like some chips. Um, so that 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 humor is nice. It's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it continuously makes me laugh. So. I think uh, overall, Jimmy Woo and Darcy were done justice, I feel, by how they were used in the episode. And I genuinely enjoy their interactions. And I know <laughs> you probably disagree with me, but I I can't help but jumping on this bandwagon. I ship those two. I don't know what it was. <laughs> uh... I don't know. It probably just makes you cringe, right? Like you usually don't don't really like these ships all that much. No, I mean I like ships and all that. It's just I don't know. Just uh... <laughs> you seem frustrated by it, though. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think I just prefer them to be friends okay. and all that, and so. But yeah. romance is in the air. I mean, they're watching a sitcom about Wanda and Vision. It's very, you know, they're having kids. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a little bit infectious, I'm sure. At least, at least it is to me, as I'm sure it, it would be to them. But um, no, those are just some fun moments that Twitter is having, which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we talk about how... Um. They were IDing people in the town of Westview. Mm-hmm. And that was actually one of the points of contention that, you know, sparked a lot of social media conversation in terms of like who was ID'd and who wasn't ID'd. I thought they ended up IDing Agnes, which made no sense to me because obviously she's being like prodded up as like a big character from the comics but then on my second or third viewing i realized no no her picture is on the board but she wasn't id'd yet mm. so for those out there um that think agnes is playing a larger role in this i i feel that's even more confirmation that she um has her own set of motives or goals here mm-hmm well, at the very least, she's going to be a big character going forward, obviously. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just... I mean, who, again, who really knows with her character? Because it, it's, like I said before, uh, it did seem like she was going to be play a big part. But then in episode three, uh, it for me at least, it kind of felt like, okay, maybe she's not going to be a big part. But she de- she's definitely has something here. Uh, has she has her own um agenda in this situation? Um, but do you think he, the agenda that she has? Because I, I I can't. Obviously, we don't we don't know enough, and we haven't seen enough for you to be able to make a clear answer to the question I'm going to ask you. But I'm still going to ask you regardless. Hmm. Um, do you feel whatever her agenda is? Do you think it's to help Wanda? Or does she have her own, or is it going to be to hurt Wanda? And that also is in connection with another question, which 
Is there another party at play besides Agnes and Wanda? Are there other forces? We know we have S.W.O.R.D. here, but as we've mentioned in the last few episodes, there have been subtleties, some clues of Hydra. I, again, want to state for the record, nobody wants it to be Hydra. Nobody on this podcast (laughs) wanted to be Hydra. Some people have suspected an organization like AIM, perhaps. Um... Mephisto was a name that keeps consistently being brought up, and there is a theory about that that I do want to get into later on in the episode, but do you feel there is another party? We know that there's something else at play that hasn't been revealed, but aside from Agnes and aside from Wanda and Sword, do you feel there is somebody else here that is a major player? I want to say no, just because I feel like that's way too much <laughs> to add in this mm-hmm. very tiny uh, show. Because it, from what I've seen on clips for the next episodes, it just it seems as if we're just going to see a progress of Vision figuring out what's going on mm. and him breaking through reality. And so... I don't think we're going to get something big as, as Mephisto being the bad guy in this situation are you aware of who that is because i really am not i keep hearing from people that he's he's the devil pretty much of the mcu yeah i think that's what it is uh i just know he's like some magical being like one of dr strange's villains I think right i could be wrong um but yeah he's Basically, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's what he is. What you just said, like basically the devil of this universe. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I could see them setting him up possibly mm. for this. Like, Ag- I think Agnes could still be like the main bad guy. But you know, like after they stop her, they can have like a little scene of her communicating with Mephisto, and then see, like, that's how they I set don't up think Doctor Agnes Strange. is gonna be. An adversary. I don't think she's going to be an antagonist. I don't know for uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I we I don't know who who is going to be the big bad guy here. Right. It could be Sword. Even who knows. But um, I just don't think it's going to be anything that big for this show specifically. Yeah, I mean, I I would be inclined to agree with you in terms of a creative standpoint. Yes, I just okay. Let me see if I can get my thoughts out as cleanly and as succinct as possible. It is not my impression that Agnes is going to be an adversary. I think whatever Mm -hmm. she is doing in here is to the benefit of Wanda and the benefit of the citizens of Westview. Um, Wanda, spoilers. I don't know why I just said that because this whole thing has been spoilers, but hey, I'm just saying it one more time. Um, Gerald, not Geraldine, uh, Monica says it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. Yes and no. Um, I don't know if this is going to be revealed that Wanda legit went crazy and that because that mixed with her powerful powers created this oddly specific location and very specific set of situations with this or and this is actually an interesting theory that Peter himself threw out there if because I'm inclined to agree with you that Mephisto is probably like something too big for what the show is doing 
but there could be um what at least what peter said is a scenario that could have happened is mephisto approached wanda and basically gave her what she wanted and that is vision back in some way mm-hmm. and this was the deal and perhaps it could be that wanda again i the show keeps going back and forth with how aware wanda is or something like it certainly seems by the end of the episode that she seems to be fully in control yes and no again like so many answers it's like yes she is but is she really like there's still not that great clarity to it however what is clear is that there is some part of wanda that is aware about a great many things that the rest of us are not and perhaps a theory is that mephisto helped wanda create this reality where vision could be alive at least to her and to the people around them in more than just a in more than just somebody going crazy but in a real way through magic of some sort because um there are moments with vision toward the end of the episode that really makes us all question um some pretty disturbing questions right but we'll get to the walking corpse thing in a bit but more importantly vision says to wanda we don't have to stay here we can go anywhere we like and then she says no we can't this is our home i'm in control or everything's under control that to me could perhaps confirm peter's theory in the sense that at the very least wanda recognizes she can't leave this place with vision alive as in this is the only void of reality if you want to call it that where vision can be alive and again what does alive even mean because Mm -hmm. based on the glimpses where wanda was was not fully in sitcom mode we see her perspective as she looks back to vision which is picking up on the events that happened at the closing of episode three as a walking corpse and i i I don't know why i didn't expect it because the camera was definitely like um lingering on her and we're focused on her facial expressions to kind of hopefully give us some little telltale signs about what's going on in her mind Mm. but then the camera cuts to vision and the whole world collectively jumps out of their seat just like what the fuck was that (laughs) um that legitimately took me off guard that was genuinely creepy Mm. Um, and there were some other creepy moments with vision but anyway uh talk about what I just said about the vision creep factor here, which is basically kind of a walking corpse and then some other stuff I could have, that I just touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so with the walking corpse thing, <laughs> uh, I think like I said last episode that I do believe Vision is alive. Um, it's just that his body um, is gone, basically. And, and so that's kind of like that place, the only place for him to be alive in some way. Uh, some people did theorize that the dead body that you see in that moment it could just be her like remembering how she last saw him see that's how i originally took that but then i keep reading other people say that or it could be that's the legit walking corpse of vision and i can't tell you which is which from this moment Ooh, yeah i think we're gonna have to wait to the end for like a for sure answer um the only reason I believe it could be his actual body is because, again, the place is giving off a radiation that is similar to the Big Bang. Mm. And like you said earlier, uh, that's the Big Bang is basically what's created the Infinity Stones. Yeah. So, there. Oh, and this goes into uh, a big player uh, giving Wanda what she wants, kind of. Like, he's. Mephisto could be using it as a way to collect her power mm. to reform the Mind Stone. Okay. Like, in some way. And that's why in each episode she slowly loses control. Right. Every single time. Um. Uh, it could also be Go ahead. maybe just her, too, collecting her own energy. Like, trying to, like, create more and more stuff with her mind mm-hmm. so that at one point she can just like in an instant recreate the mind stone again yeah and so that's why i think that could be his body to give off maybe he has like still some residuals of the mind stone yeah so yeah again i can probably come up with like 50 other theories <laughs> at this point but we're just gonna have to wait <laughs> we should say i mean look the show is very effective of giving us moments like these where we're not entirely sure how to read them because they could very convincingly be one thing or the other kind of like last week when i particularly wasn't too sure still really i'm not too sure if if uh subconsciously monica was doing some really clever uh cover work under the guise of Geraldine or if she was under her sway I think both legitimately can um can be this can be true um depending on how you see it but that is a very good question um and in terms of like why I ask about um another party being involved the mysterious moments that we saw in episodes 1 2 and 3 are not the audience of Darcy and Jimmy are not purview to that. And Darcy asks the question toward the end of the episode, is somebody censoring the broadcast? Hmm. So that's a question. Like, is it Wanda? I was actually just thinking about this, but in the moment, uh, in the third episode where like, you know, uh, visions like piecing together, like something's weird going on in this town. And like it immediately cuts to him. Uh, saying right. something else. Yeah. It did seem like Wanda herself didn't know what happened. Huh. You really? I have, so, I'm have. i going to have to rewatch it because I think I'm just remembering differently. I'm just, because we all like, just assumed that was Wanda just flipping the switch because she didn't like what she was hearing. Yeah, but, but that's only because of last episode where she went, no. 
and then everything went in reverse. Yeah. But yes, it could have been her, but it also could be her telling Mephisto or whoever's controlling, being right. like, I don't want this. It's like, all right, I'll fix it. Because again, I mean, it, it could be part of the show, but she was she did look surprised when she reversed time. I'm talking episode two. Yeah, yeah. When she yeah. reversed time and everything was starting to become color. Again, right. it didn't seem like her. It could be her playing for the episode, but it also could be her being like, "The fuck is going on?" <laughs> Man, I'm loving this show. Isn't yeah. it great? <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this. This is actually so much fun talking about it because these are things that there's so much there that we don't really actually begin to realize until like breaking it all down. But yeah, that's why I asked about like somebody else being involved because Darcy also asks like, Hey, what, what's going on here? Like who is, who is censoring this? Mm -hmm. I didn't view it this way in the slightest, but I do want to mention this because others have pointed this out and the acting director Hayward some people are getting some bad guy vibes off him mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Do you feel he could be somehow, somehow involved in all this? I, I mean, I, at the moment, I fail to see how, but I mean, he definitely came off as a jerk sometimes. Yeah, he did. Uh, I'm also just getting Nick Fury vibes. Like, mm. he's just, you know, someone from the distance uh, trying to keep everything under control. You know, he's a spy. Yeah. Secret has secrets. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, it could just be like a director type of thing where he just can't really show much emotion, I guess, in a way. Maybe. No, I mean I didn't I didn't particularly find him to be a little bit suspicious, but some people did, so I just wanted to point that out there. Um but yeah, the, the the wonderful moment where Wanda we get to see the I guess what was cut out of episode three which is wanda basically kick uh monica out of the reality and (laughs) holy shit was that i mean it was hilarious how fucking aggressive it was like holy crap talk Mm -hmm. about getting like um a wrecking ball and hitting her with it (laughs) (laughs) i mean it wasn't exactly a wrecking ball but like damn that was pretty aggressive uh yeah for sure (laughs) and i love how I love how witch-like her her powers are like, you know, how she gets her hands all stretched out and she starts with the energy beams. And, mm. and of course, the effects look so um, well done here. But as I mentioned before, um, with Vision, something's going on with him. I think he's beginning to, like, be a little... Either he's beginning to suspect things or maybe he was more aware than he previously let on because there's certain looks that when one that he is giving wanda when she's not looking that there was a really worried look that he looked that that he gave her and then he smiled because the sitcom um aesthetic was coming back on what do you think's going on there I'm I'm going to have to rewatch those episodes because I know you pointed out the that was creepy that was creepy wasn't it creepy so someone on Twitter pointed out and I shared these images with David 
that it turns out in episodes two and three, and then also here in four, there are mo- there's a moment in, in, in those last three episodes where Vision looks directly into the camera. So, like, is he aware he's in a TV show? Hmm. oh my god dude that's like it is kind of creepy when you think about it though just like him staring at the camera i don't really know like again again i, I gotta rewatch the episodes just to kind of like watch it happen in real time but <laughs> why you scared the <laughs> shit out of me dude <laughs> i'm not kidding you. Oh, that god. look i put i on myself oh my god i'm sorry i i on my tv behind me i put up a display of one of those creepy images and it honestly as i looked at it it, it kind of got me a little scared too so <laughs> let me explain what this image looks like um in episode four as uh darcy and jimmy are watching the closing moments of the third episode that we just saw with an actual end credits with the song coming up. There's this creepy devilish look that Vision is like, he almost is looking to us like he's like, like he knows he's in some kind of a hell or something into Mm. the camera. It is beyond incredibly unsettling to me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it off now because it is creepy. Um, but yeah, um, if, if you haven't seen that image, please go out and see it, but it's only just another example of, uh, how things are, you know, we've, we've said like the romance, the tender moments, the comedy, um, also the, 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 the mystery angles, um, they're so well done on the show, but I think we're seeing as, the episodes as we're going through the episodes the creep factor um being amped up just a little bit but they're very effective mm-hmm. very effective no yeah uh i i really like the uh the scene where she kicks uh kicks out monica basically just yeah I, I like the different or uh, the new information about it, but also just it, again, yeah, like you said, it adds more to the creepy factor that Wanda is not right in the head <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what do you think? All right. So, I think I don't know what point there would be in asking you what's going to happen next week. I mean. Who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. So instead, I'm going to ask from a production standpoint, uh, how do you think the show in the remaining five episodes is going to divide or balance its real estate between the sitcom format and then um, what's going on in the real world? Because I think last I spoke with Peter, his impression was that we're going to go straight back into sitcom for this next week. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, yeah, I think we're going to go. So it's the 80s next. I think. And then 90s. Um, 2000s? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're just going to go straight. Oh, because I, I mentioned this in our text. 
uh i do think we're gonna be just comedy um just sitcoms in these next at least maybe two or three episodes mm. and what episode four did though is that now that we got in- bits of information of like the weird parts um like uh the guy in the bee suit uh turns out it was a guy in the hazmat suit from the outside we went in it changed to fit the i guess the aesthetic of whatever era was going mm. on at that time um so whatever weird thing happens we can just piece together easily like oh it's probably something like this because it, it, yeah. it really doesn't again like i said before um the answers that we got wasn't really necessary for the plot it was just weird answers basically that we just got so they can just keep doing that and maybe just add things that will you know make a crazy scenario or add more to the creepiness factor of the show or who Mm -hmm. knows and so once once we're done with the sitcom stuff we're just gonna go straight to the plot now we're just we're not gonna get answers of whatever happens next basically Mm -hmm. yeah I guess that that'll be really interesting to see if maybe one of the episodes they do a they they uh, go back and forth between the sitcom and the um, and the real world. I mean, we've already seen how they they change back and forth through the aspect ratios, but I wonder just I wonder how that would work out um, if that's the direction they go into. But well, the oh, thing though yeah. is that I don't think I don't think we are going to get an episode of a back and forth because. Um, like they said in the, in this episode, time is moving very differently. Oh yes, uh, in the yeah. in Wanda's world. So mm-hmm. like, uh, we got an answer to the helicopter thing, and it was uh Monica's uh drone thing that we saw in like the before they even found out about the sitcom, and then somehow like so she sends a drone disappears, and then we see the first episode. And like the, the helicopter's not there, obviously. But then the second episode shows up, and that's when we finally see the helicopter, and they piece together, oh, that's Monica's drone, and that's when they give us the answer that oh, it probably just morphed to fit the aesthetic of the sitcom world. So that's why I don't think we're gonna see a back and forth. Time is moving very differently, and so we're just gonna get sitcom. Uh, Vision's clearly gonna like figure out what the heck is going on we're probably gonna get an answer finally from wanda's perspective mm. and then we're just gonna go straight to the real world by then yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be really interesting to see how it all turns out um but i think that's about it for the discussion on the episode that does not mean however that our episode the podcast is over because there's still some other things that i want to get to in terms of obviously the conversation surrounding this episode do you have any <laughs> any final thoughts overall because I think you and i both really like this episode and based on this conversation we're just loving this show man this is yeah. great no yeah I, I i'm really liking the conversations we're having i love I, with any show really i'll just love theorizing what's yeah. going to happen next yeah this is great um so not in the not so great um mm. I wonder, though, how you feel, um, and we had talked about this, I believe, in just about the last few episodes with WandaVision, about some people perhaps not 
being overly fond of the sitcom format, especially to those who just have don't have a fundamental just don't understand what this is, right? Or they've never been exposed to it. But um, what do you make of people who say like, uh, oh my God, um, this was the best episode yet or man, I really needed this episode. Now I'm finally invested. Now I'm finally engaged. I kept hearing a lot of that. Like, man, I really needed this episode. And I'm like... But the first three were sensational. What? Mm. What do you? That's how I, I. I. Yeah. You know how I am. What? Do, how do you feel about that? Um. I don't know if it's just like a misunderstanding of the sitcom thing going on, but I think it's just mostly people wanting finally getting answers to questions that they had. You know, it's like, I hate bringing this up, but <laughs> like with The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Always, People had a lot of theories and it didn't get answered, like at all, basically, in that movie. And they, they hated they, it. They got answered, David. They just weren't the answers that they wanted. Yeah. And then with this show, they had theories, but ultimately, though, they had no idea what the fuck is going on in the show. So they were happy with whatever answer they got. And like mm. I said, the answers were just small things, small weird things happening in the show, but ultimately had nothing to do with the plot, really. <laughs> It's just, you know, you s it was basically just they gave us something weird in the first few episodes and then gave us the answer here just so we can get an understanding of how these worlds are working and how they're going to possibly connect in the end. So, I don't know. <laughs> and it, it is just something that people are just not used um, uh so people complain about the sitcom. It's just, I don't think it's just something they're not used to. You know, it is something very different than what they're used to in the MCU. So. Yeah. But on, on the other hand, though, there are, and, and this is less on fans and more on, you guessed it, the media reaction. Um, and in this lens, I can be far more critical than, you know, just ordinary people. But in this case, I will be more critical. Um John Campia, who is somebody who I followed for many years, had this headline that I shared with you. I shared a lot of things with you, but in particular, mm -hmm. about how WandaVision is changing the way television is made. I, I, I see that's the kind of overpraised that really soured The Mandalorian for me. And I'm sure mm -hmm. for you as well, because there just seems to be no basis for it. Like, WandaVision is great, and it's doing what it's doing really, really greatly. That's not a word. I don't know what I... <laughs> it's greatly, people. Um, <laughs> the way it's handling it. But uh, is it really revolutionary? No. It, it's changing the way television is made. What the fuck is that? What? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got to see the video, I guess, but <laughs> I don't really understand how he kind of got to that 
mindset. All this is is just MCU needing to like change something up. Yeah. In order to get fans interested. This is literally what comics have been doing. Okay, so like this this is from a comic, the storyline in WandaVision. And then you have another one where they went, Captain America has always been a Hydra agent. And it's like, you know, they're just trying to get people to like um to come back to whatever uh story they want to make. I don't know. It's just he said, always I think I, I heard him say something to the effect that at least in the description of that video that because of shows like WandaVision, perhaps more properties and franchises should consider having cinematic universes extend to also the TV as well as the movies. But still, how that's a revolutionary concept eludes me because, hello, um, there's been plenty of shows that, that did that. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not as directly as what they did with the blip in this situation. But again, like, that's all well and good. That's nice. But it's far and away far mm-hmm. and from, I think, what made the episode or the series honestly great. I And this is why, um, and I'm, I'm not sure if I... I perhaps failed to mention this at the beginning of the episode when we were discussing that sequence where Monica blipped back or de-blipped, whatever you want to say. God, these words are confusing. Mm. But part of me was a little, while shocked and excited for what was see, while what, what I was watching on screen, I also just felt, oh God, here we fucking go. Because at that point, I already knew what, kind of conversations were going to be sparked on the internet in lieu of or in the name of you see now this is what a tie-in television show is supposed to deliver <laughs> and one only has to think so far especially one that knows me before they realize what it is I'm referring to because it only ever seems to be this one particular thing that is continuously treated like a fucking pinata and everyone's invited to get a stick and beat the shit out of it for no, for seemingly no good reason. Because I want to ask this, this very serious question to you, David, why on earth was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of all television shows trending on Twitter when WandaVision had its fourth episode? Why did people all of a sudden start talking about that show when it was WandaVision that is the show that is airing right now? Explain to me why that happened. Did you pick up on any similarities in terms of how episode four did did that give you some shield vibes because that seems to be what some fans were taking away from it not really honestly and and it's kind of hard to like compare it to shield just because 
how shield was in the beginning became something very different towards the end yeah so it didn't feel similar at all to of shield and the thing that kind of gets me mad though is what you said though um i don't know if it was i can't remember where exactly where it was but you said uh this is how you tie in uh cinematic <laughs> universe to the show yeah yeah campia said that i think yeah the thing though with agents of shield you gotta understand is that it came out at the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They were. This was just a giant. Agents of Shield was a giant fucking experiment for them, that they were too afraid to like go hard on it. You know, like yeah, you got that bit in the first season where they're picking up the damage from Thor: The Dark World, and like that's cool and all. And then it went great with when it tied into Winter Soldier. Like, that is where the show really kicked off for a lot of people. But, obviously, like, compared to how WandaVision is doing it, it's very minor. But that's only because they were still experimenting with this idea. But then also you get some people just, like, not really giving a shit about the the show. Anyway... I thought the um, entire reason why people didn't give a shit about it was because it didn't feature any Avengers. And people wanted Avengers in the TV show. That's really what it was. Mm-hmm. They didn't want regular people or no names leading a television show. They wanted Iron Man to show up. They wanted Captain America to show up. Right? Yeah. At least that's what I thought people... They wanted a costumed character, mm-hmm. a name character, in order to give them a reason. That's why when Ghost Rider showed up... People all of a sudden gave a shit again, but then when mm-hmm. he left, crickets. Well, that actually adds on to the Netflix shows. Like, they make references to the Battle of New York and all that, but you're getting the costumes of it. You're getting it. It might not be direct ties to the MCU and all that, or it may not seem like it, but, you know, you're getting Daredevil in the suit, and that's what, like, people got excited about. But the little details to the connection of the MCU were just minor to them, you know. And mm-hmm. so, the so for Shield, the tie-ins were big for them, but the costumes were minor <laughs> because there were no name, no yeah. big names leading the show basically at that point. And like the show morphed into something entirely when when the show started. It was these group of spy agents and then they ended up morphing into heroes in their own right it's a very Mm -hmm. different show by the end of it you're you're right when you say that so that's why i wasn't feeling agents to shield vibes at the end of it but i was feeling shield vibes at the very beginning of it in terms of what it was at least Mm -hmm. at the start and i i guess to me um Part of me is just a little bit jealous because every person with a, a an outlet is seemingly recapping WandaVision every single thing week to week. And I'm happy that it's getting a great reaction. But here's where I get a little bit... Um, frustrated is mm-hmm. people... In particular, um, those that for years and years and years, and I know, and I would know this because I've been watching it for years and years and years, trashing the show, and yet 
they look at episode four in particular as something they love and want more of and call for more of that. But if you want something that's a similar vibe of it, I recall many people when that was handed over to you being very critical that they went with that approach. Right? And let me let me just, mm. instead of being coy here, let me just tell you exactly what I'm referring to. Because there was a viral tweet by Stephen Ford, and this is what the tweet said. Hear me out. An entire Disney Plus show about Jimmy Woo just working on weird cases in the MCU. Like a fun X-Files. Make it happen. He very unironically, literally gave a very accurate description of what the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was. And if I remember correctly, because the first few episodes were like an MCU procedural, kind of like a ripoff of the X-Files, I remember that's that was one of the very key reasons why people didn't like it. <laughs> and so here we are, seven to eight years later, and the very thing that caused you to hate one thing is now giving you cause to prop up something else. I, it's just hard for me not to be, I don't know, angered about that. Because just just no sense to, of consistency in it, and they don't even recognize the double standard. Because of course they've forgotten. Oh yeah, that existed. Um, let me throw out some more examples here. Right. Um, this comes from Screen Junkies. Um, Roth Cornett said this again, unironically, and again to her credit, she wasn't. She she didn't mean this as an insult, although if. Look at what she said here. In the early days of Shield, it would be it would feel like they would constantly have Jamie Alexander. That's not true. She was there twice. But anyway, she says it would feel like they would constantly have Jamie Alexander show up and that it was a sort of sad for Jamie Alexander and B it immediately put you in you're in television zone because you can't get anybody else but her. But now, in the case of WandaVision, she says, it just feels like the universe is bigger. Mm. What? Mm. Wait, 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 wait. You're saying that when one show used D-list movie characters, it was sad and desperate. But when this show uses D-list Marvel characters. It's making the universe bigger. And not only that, all three characters that you mentioned all came from a, a television series. So uh, oh. uh so um Cat Dennings Cat Dennings from Two Broke Girls? Yeah, and then uh Thor. Jamie Alexander from Blind Spot? Yes, and then was he on Fresh he was Off on, the Boat? Yes, Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, all Randall of Park. them have their own TV series, very popular, and like just had like a little small role in movies. 
so yeah it makes no sense how jamie alexander is it like from her perspective it's sad but for the other two it's like it's a bigger universe now (laughs) yeah it just feels i don't know patronizing maybe too kind for what that honestly kind of insult feels like especially for people like you and me who have followed the series and it's just it's very annoying and unfair in every regard and with that of course as i mentioned that the fact that the show trended of course i said that it trended on twitter right to anybody report that maybe one outlet but no let's not talk about it right well Mm. look at the kind of headlines that um, because certain people were comparing episode four with the show got, right? So this is what Screen Rant said. Marvel's phase four already has the perfect Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. replacement. Okay. Comicbook.com. WandaVision proves Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reboot would work on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Um, comic Book Resources said... WandaVision, a sword spinoff, could be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. done right. Mm. Am I wrong to characterize these these examples as um, people beating up on this show? For seemingly no good reason, and in fact, for really outlandish reasons, like it would be one thing if they were trashing the show for you know just for trashing it, but the reasons that they're using to trash the show make no sense. Yeah, they make they make make no sense. They make no sense at all. And the thing that gets me mad is that they're saying this like yeah let's have like another Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Only Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Jimmy Woo spinoff but after a while like all of these Marvel references to like either comics or the MCU they're gonna get annoyed <laughs> just like how they did with S.H.I.E.L.D. it's <laughs> so uh, right right like that was one of the things people kept bitching about in those first two episodes was like oh my god every episode they mentioned captain america or they mentioned black widow nowadays that's popular nowadays you can't mention them enough and mm-hmm. then not get praised for it yeah <laughs> so it really does doesn't make sense all these headlines it just seems habitually unfair mm-hmm. and hypocritical and honestly really grating especially for those of us who actually care about this show, right? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 over, you know, it it had its final broadcast last year and we're talking about it this and why because it's seemingly being brought up once again to be used as a piñata by the wonderful media here because and and looking at the the framing for these these headlines that I read were like, well, the the implication was well, it didn't work all that well, but here's how it could work. Thanks to Jimmy Woo and Darcy. <laughs> Another thing is people also saying, you know, WandaVision um, very cleverly and very uh, convincingly leaning into the sitcom format in, 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 a, in a way that nobody can touch. But again, like, hey, um, S.H.I.E.L.D. did something like that last year. And well, hey. <laughs> By the way, if... Um, 
this last 20 minutes felt unnecessary, I don't care. I don't care. This is my podcast and I can vent as long as I want. And Kyle, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I I can't. I, yeah. I guess this is what you meant, um, me bitching, but oh well. This is what <laughs> happens. However, if you are listening... And if you do happen to enjoy the show, we did have a little recap series for uh, the last season of S.H.I.E.L.D. And you can watch all seven seasons on Netflix. And as a matter of fact, David, I actually just had a conversation about this with uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Sergio. He came over and he dropped some goodies off, um, you know, courtesy of Miss Moreno. And he mentioned it to me that um, you were trying to convince him to watch agents of shield <laughs> um so sergio if you're listening hey um i don't know if you are but um it's a little bit of a shout out but then also to you know oh you know to get people to watch the show because it is very good and i i am of the mind that if if you really did enjoy episode four of wandavision odds are you might really like that other show we keep talking about but mm-hmm. for whatever reason it seems to be a popular thing to either forget it doesn't exist or to just immediately laugh at it. And if um, that's... Yeah, go ahead, David. I was going to say, like, also that idea of uh, using... Uh, creating TV shows to connect to the MCU, but like directly, directly connect it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea. The, um, the general audience are not going to watch these shows. They can barely keep up with the movies it's just gonna confuse everyone okay it's i mean it is as in me as an mcu fan like that's great give me a hundred of those things awesome but like you gotta think of the general audience or else at some point you're just gonna lose money on the movies because they're just gonna because at some point they're gonna go i have no idea what the fuck is going on and that's it I mean, most movie studios can barely make cinematic universes work um, in the movies themselves, let alone expanding the television. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, though, and I, I know we're running long on this, but I do want to ask you. <sighs> One of the negatives, I guess we can say this, and since, you know, this was brought up in some of the other Avengers movies, because um, there are events that happen that, Perhaps you might be completely lost on if you hadn't seen some things before. But you know how the episode starts off, episode four, with the blip. Okay. If you watch the first three episodes, I think you can, like, be just fine. But this coming out of nowhere, if you haven't seen, well, the movie that covers this, would you really know what the hell this meant? No. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's just there, and uh, while it, I think it will come into a, as we mentioned, a story aspect with Monica later on in the series. Uh, that could be something to give people pause about recommending this to people who are not necessarily that well, um, up on their MCU knowledge. But anyway, 
Um, that's where we're going to close the episode today. We'll be back next week with another recap of WandaVision and for more salacious uh, hit pieces on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if there happen to be some. I'm sure there will be at least five by the time we yeah. record next week at the rate that they're coming out. But um, hey, we're here. Thank you, David, for being here. Thank you for um, allowing me to vent where mm-hmm. others definitely would not. Um, and thank you all, the listeners, obviously, for also putting up with me and my bullshit um, while calling you out on yours. There, I said it. Anyway, you can listen to our podcasts every single Sunday, sometimes on Thursdays, um, as well as the Fantasy Fair with Ha to the Table also coming back in February. Stay on the spotlight for more content, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.